the opposite of barbiturates, the mental stimulants. Educating, making finer distinctions in order to forget our differences. Enlightenment, creating third eye visionists. Changing your circadian rhythms to get you waking up quicker. Turning bootlickers into political dissidents. So listen to this. I got the black deuce on 3rd Street bringing it in. But I'm rolled up on 4th Street blitzing your chips. I'm digging within to where the true wisdom is. So unplug from the matrix and let's begin. My name's Kurt Robinson. Welcome to the next exciting chapter of the Paradise Paradox. So we get another chance to interview Aaron's friends, Nikki and Rav, about their trip through Latin America, talking about going to Cuba, managing two currencies, not being able to speak Spanish, getting ripped off by taxi drivers, and how Cuban sandwiches seem to exist everywhere except in Cuba. We also talk about uh, some cultural differences, how there might be some benefits of of communism in the education system or how uh, communists get so low uh, that they're willing to try anything and that can lead to advances in science or other areas and the differences between homeopathic and allopathic medicine and how there might be some corruption in the medical establishment. So... Head on over to the Paradise Paradox. You can look through all of our old episodes there or all of our still fresh episodes. There's a lot of great stuff on there, a lot of interviews, interesting ideas, crazy ideas for open-minded people. And you can leave us a comment there, ask us a question, uh, tell us what you think, You know, give us some some new ideas if there's something you want us to to talk about in the future or someone you want us to, to track down an interview and uh, head on over to YouTube. You can press like on YouTube, press subscribe or press dislike if, if you really hate us. Uh, jump on over to Facebook, press like on the Facebook page. Hold your mouse cursor over the like button and press get notifications. Jump on over to iTunes, press subscribe. Leave us a, a review on iTunes, five stars. Thanks a lot, just like a Hilton Hotel. And jump on over to, to Pocket Cast or Podcast Addict if you use Android. You can use that to subscribe. And we do appreciate it so much when you head on over to donate.theparadiseparadox.com, donate.theparadiseparadox.com, donate.theparadiseparadox.com. We put a lot of work into these episodes, uh, trying to find new, new information, doing research, um, using, uh, trying to increase our production value. So, so uh, it, it really does uh, mean a lot to us when we get a little something back from you guys, either in the form of a, a comment, um, a kind word, that's worth a lot, uh, but also mon- money is, is worth something too. So jump on over to donate.theparadiseparadox.com and you can give us a little tip uh, to, to show you show us that you appreciate that all the effort we put in. Uh, and uh, we love it so much when you guys do that. It's uh, It makes our, our life a lot better. It opens up our minds and it's, uh, yeah, it's it's good. <laughs> so uh, then the other way you can you can help us out too. Uh, if you go to theparadiseparadox.com, you see up the top, there's a shop Amazon link. You can click on that one. It'll take you through to Amazon. It's not going to cost you any inconvenience, but it does mean that we get a little, a, a little support, a little commission uh, from the stuff that you buy. So if you're just going over to, to Amazon, you want a window shop or, or you're going to buy something, head on over, use that link. Um, shop Amazon on theparadiseparadox.com and, and that'll help us out a lot. 
So then remember, head on over to Twitter. I'm at Trouble Bubble. Aaron's Twitter is at Battle AZ. That's B A T T L E A Y Z E. And let's get into it. Um, one last thing, actually. Remember to head on over to theparadiseparadox.com slash 56. That's theparadiseparadox.com slash 56. That's where you get the show notes for this edition, this release, this issue of the Paradise Paradox. Now, let's get into it for real. Here again with We're Rap back. and Nikki. You're going to tell us about some exciting journeys in Cuba and, and eating Cuban sandwiches. <laughs> a Cubanito. That's, that's what it was called. Yeah, yeah. Three for 100 pesos. <laughs> that's a great deal. So that's about three sandwiches for what, what was, uh, US eight, seven. Eight, eight bucks. Yeah, seven, yeah US. It's like six dollars fifty for three three big ass sandwiches. Massive. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely massive. Well worth it. Um, and if you uh, do finish them, um, you're in a bit of pain for the next at least couple of hours because <laughs> <laughs> you're quite bloated. I mean, it's called what's it what's it called again? It's called Cubanito, but they don't exist in Cuba. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they don't exist in Cuba. I mean, the flavors that you get over here in Mexico is like. Amazing compared to what you get in Cuba. It's interesting that it's only what 220 kilometers from Cancun, Cuba, but it still manages to have no influence of Mexican food in that country. <laughs> no flavor. Whatsoever. Well, flavors are very mild. So if you like a mild flavor or, or, or pretty much a, a no, no flavor, flavor <laughs> um, then it's perfect. Um, but if you like a bit of a burst of flavors in your mouth um, from food, um, then that's a good thing to eat over here. So Cuban... Cuban uh, what's it a called? typical Cuban dish is meant to be like a rice or arroz con frios, which, you know, <laughs> is pretty normal in Mexico, but the Cubans managed to stuff that up as well. Yeah. <laughs> it's like dried rice with dried beans and fish. Or chicken or pollo. And, uh, yeah, I think they like the food dry because um, it's never moist. So, note, don't go to Cuba looking for good food. No, it's not a, it's not a culinary experience. It's an experience but not a culinary one. Cool. But you, you said you did enjoy your time in Cuba. There were some redeeming qualities about Cuba, yeah? Oh, definitely. I think, look, and if you're not, a culinary experience is not what you're looking for in Cuba. Um, to go out, see people, um, daily lifestyles, um, it's beautiful. You're stepping back 50, 60, 70 years. Um, and the way that people... What are, you, what are you laughing for? Stepping back in time. <laughs> stepping back in time, that's the word. Um, so, yeah, basically just going through a time warp, going backwards... In time, which is just, I just repeated myself, sorry. Um, <laughs> it is beautiful, absolutely beautiful, well worth it. Um, go visit Cuba. Um, it will change um, then, 
any country is going to be changing, but this is going to be an experience. If, if you go to Cuba, you will see something that's never going to be there again. Um, but the influences of you know borders being opened up, um, regulations being changed for, well, it's its closest big neighbor, uh, potentially being a big player in its uh, market in the future. Things are going to change. You don't want to have that big influences in, in, a, in a small island. Um, it's just going to become another corporate environment, you know, and it's not, going to, it's not what you want to see. To see it now, it's going to be fantastic. You'll enjoy it. And you may not get Cubanos, what's that thing called? Cubanitos. Cubanitos over there. Because I don't think it's <laughs> zero, <laughs> zero Cubanitos. I'll be there next week. Well, these Cuban sandwiches, I, I mean, I ate, the, I ate a version in Colombia. Somehow it must have been like once upon a time, Cubans were, you know, world-renowned or renowned through Latin America for their magical sandwiches. Obviously, somehow that, that dropped off. But the thing, well, the thing we ate before, that was nothing like what I ate in Colombia. Well, I mean, it was still a sandwich, but <laughs> the thing I ate in Colombia didn't have like oil and cream like drenched over the top and everything. Uh, it was just a, like a, a toasted baguette, more or less. <laughs> so I don't know. Yeah, I don't know how, what exactly inspired these these Cuban sandwiches. Some kind of you know like Greek myth. <laughs> like the Cuban myth of the great sandwich. <laughs> I mean, you were. I mean, you were talking about. Um, well, was it French toast? And we think it doesn't exist in France, but uh, apparently it does. Something very similar. Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, actually, yeah, I think French toast exists like all over Western Europe because it's one of those things where you're like. What the fuck am I going to do with this stale bread? <laughs> so actually, that's what they call it in France. They call it pempadou, like lost bread, stale bread. <laughs> mm, what am I going to do with that lost bread? Make some French toast. So, what are we talking about again now? We've gone from Cuba to France. <laughs> so, jumping back to Cuba, where you you recommending you recommending go to go to Cuba. So I've a lot of my a lot of my mates that have been in Cuba didn't enjoy it, and you guys are like you know the minority here that that said that was it was great and they you know a week wasn't long enough. I, mean, I think you sh- there's few things that um I would say that you need to research more and because there's not much available on the internet about Cuba, um it makes it a little bit hard. But I guess that's why staying in casas and knowing the people helps because they know what to do, where to go, what to, you know, well, what to eat relatively, but more what to do and where, what's happening. Because this is not as easily available, the information. You need to, you need to know the right people. Like we um, had a good time because we managed to get in contact. We wanted to get dance lessons, Cuban salsa. And the lady that taught was, um, was a, a, a dance teacher at the University of Havana. And, she was also the um, uh, some uh, minister or something of cultural affairs. So, you know, she took us to Afro-Cuban dance and she taught us salsa. She told us where to go for dancing. So, obviously, that made a whole different experience. Now, if you had to figure that out yourself, you wouldn't have a clue. Yeah. I mean, um, when we arrived in Cuba, um, obviously, I can't speak um, Spanish for, for crap, right? So, um, I, I had no idea. When we arrived there, our casa, which is apparently, well, it is a house, and I thought it was actually a place. 
<laughs> oh, great, no Repeat, stay in casas. <laughs> I was trying to tell Aaron over here that, oh, we said in a casa. You're like, yeah, it's a house, dude. I'm like, no, no, we said in a casa, it's just a specific thing. <laughs> casa, casa is Spanish for house. No, 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 you don't, you don't get it. it. It was it was called casa. <laughs> <laughs> but, so but, but it's like a, it's like a, a a bed and breakfast. Yeah, yeah. So, so the guy that was actually um, that rented out his house to us, um, he was an English professor, um, which which was fantastic for us because well, I couldn't speak Spanish at all, and Nick was um, can't speak Spanish, but she, she, she can she speak stumbles. about two words more than you. <laughs> exactly, which is fantastic. Now two hundred percent better than me. <laughs> Um, and one of his his associates was the the dancer that Nikki was to, oh a dance instructor which Nikki was just talking about. She is a professor of dance and also teaching in the Cuban uh, National uh, Dance. She's the director of Cuban Dance. Um, she's a, no, she's Minister of Cuban Cultural Affairs. <laughs> well, this, uh, uh, this this like. Sounds suspicious. Like this is ringing my bells here. Like you came into Cuba and you and you got the the five star treatment by the the, the government minister. <laughs> yeah. Like you went to the Potemkin village and they're like, well, let me show you all the nice parts. Who of are Cuba. these guys? <laughs> yeah. I mean, this it is so easy to get gypped. Um, um, that's right. I don't know if that's Australian slang, but uh, it's easy to get um, ripped off as a tourist in in uh, in Cuba because what they do is. Um, they will ask you, oh, are you, is this the first time you've come to Cuba? Yes. Um, oh, you know, are you enjoying your stay? Yes. Um, let's take a taxi ride five minutes down the road. We'll charge you $20 or 20, 20 cooks, which is uh, CUC, uh, Cuban Convertible Pesos. I think we need to start by tips for Cuba. Oh, yes. Number one tip, the, currency, the country has two currencies, Cuban Pesos and cooks. The cooks is for the tourists. The Cuban Peso is for the locals. And one cook is about equivalent to about a euro. Mm. Uh, no, well, it's, it's based on one-to-one to the U.S. dollar. So one cook is equivalent to one-to-one to the U.S. dollar. Yeah, but, it gets, uh, but if you take U.S. currency, then you get about 10% commission taken off. Yes, that's because they don't like them for some reason. For some reason? <laughs> we need to edit that part. Uh, <laughs> but... <laughs> No, no, let's just keep it real. Nothing, um, nothing gets edited. Because of the barricade against, you know, the the U.S. has for Cuba. <laughs> hey, I'm not a minister of anything, so <laughs> I can't say too much. But, um, yeah, it's just the way it is. Um, we couldn't exchange our Australian dollars, uh, hardcore cash uh, notes, into anything. It was basically worth – it was worth less than normal toilet paper. Because nobody would take it, and he doesn't even wipe properly, you know, for when you go to the bathroom. So, <laughs> so t- um, essentially, have a Visa card when you go to Cuba because they don't take Mastercard unless you go to the bank, um, and you have to line up, and you have to be able to apparently speak in Spanish with uh, <laughs> apparently um, speak in <laughs> Spanish. Like, you know, why is that essential? <laughs> um, and 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 have charades going on, sort of thing, so you know exactly where you are, who you're behind. Because there's different queues and everybody's just jumping up. It's just like a, you know, it's another country that you just have to basically jump to the front. So Visa card, um, if you want to just take out money from the from the ATMs, which is automatic teller machine thingies. Um, Good thing to carry is euros or Canadian dollars. Yeah. Because you know there's no issues with Europe. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, or Canada. Or or even Japanese yen or probably Chinese 
whatever it is. Yuen? No, no, I think no, no, no Japanese. Yeah. Japanese yen is what they were accepting. Yeah. And Korean, I think, as, as well. Wow. No, no, they were, no, I don't think Korean was accepted. No? All right, well, uh, do your research then. <laughs> it doesn't really exist on the internet. Um, oh, one other thing you have to do is whenever you, when you get And you can take to, the pound. You can easily take the pound. Yeah, because it's worth 10 times everything else. Um, you have to also buy a book there when you, or buy it prior to getting to Cuba. Um, trip, uh, what's that uh, thing called? Because no. there's no internet. Internet in Cuba is not available in hotels. So you have to, uh, or in very expensive hotels, or you have to actually buy a card and you get Wi-Fi on two streets. One of the streets in Vedado is number 23. So all the kids and the students and everybody is out at night on the streets of Cuba trying to get the one street full of Wi-Fi. <laughs> it looks really dodgy, but it's cool at the same time because everybody's got their earphones on, talking to people through this... Uh, FaceTime thingy majiggy. Um, and everybody's having a conversation with the rest of the world on this one street. Mm-hmm. And you're walking down the street thinking, hang on, what's going on? But they're all just talking because it's the only place they can actually get uh, Wi-Fi internet. One, th- that street and another street and, and or if you stay at an expensive hotel. Yeah. So what, what's that all about? There's just no in- internet infrastructure or they're limited to that as an internet zone? I think, again, that's, again, the issues with the U.S. and Cuba, that U.S. is close and it needs U.S., um, what do you call the internet infrastructure? infrastructure and the U.S., uh, the, what do you call those things that... Oh, that like an undersea cable or, some, or a satellite Yeah, exactly, the sat- satellite connection. Yeah. But, but no, I'm sure that, I mean, why can't they link up with Mexico? I think there's some, that, you know, there must be something else going on there. I mean, this is what we've been told, that obviously because of the issues, um, the barricades with the U.S. Um, yeah, well, this is what the communists are always going to tell you. They're yeah, that, that they don't have access to the Those bloody capitalists are getting us at every turn. <laughs> that's, that's always what they're going to say, like Chavez and, yeah. Every, how, how much were you guys paying a night for, <clears throat> for your accommodation? We were paying 40 cook, but we got a whole apartment. You can easily get an apartment for about 25 cook, but not an apartment. You get a room um, with a 25 cook will give you not a private bathroom. 30 to 35 cook will give you a private bathroom. Yeah. But we had the whole apartment to ourselves. I mean, we had uh, like you know, a little, what's that thing called? Like a little walkway areas, a couple of seat, seats in the, 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 the walkway, um, kitchen, well, kitchenette, um, dining area, little lounge area, TV. Um, we had two bedrooms in our room as well. Um, and you booked the penthouse. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> it's very good. Look, no, the houses don't look fantastic from the outside. It's only because there's no interest in actually making it look fantastic from the outside. Who's going to pay for it? But each individual unit that is owned in, in uh, well, inside um, looks fantastic. It's nicely painted up, especially if it's going to become if it's a casa that people can obviously rent out. Cool. Um, it is government uh, approved. With, with, uh, with these with these casas, you're saying. That people just rent their houses out like a like a bed and breakfast, but this yeah. government approving. Yes. Correct, yeah. Well, you need to look for a sticker or something. Like Correct. How- yeah. It's an upside down anchor, a blue anchor, um, approximately I don't know, a, a foot by a foot. Uh, so a so foot they're by big. Foot, it's a big yeah, sign. It's a big sign. Stick in the front of the house, basically saying uh, it's, that image is going to be there. Upside down anchor, blue with thick uh, writing and. If it has an anchor, you, you can approach the people if you're just walking along and ask them what the rates are and have a look at the houses as well. But most of them you can look online at a website called Casa Particularis. Not all of them because obviously some people don't have access to the internet. And, yeah, um, 
but what I mean is if you're traveling beforehand and you need to book a casa, yeah. most people go on a website called Casa Particulars. Or I got in contact with a guy called Mario Rizzi who wrote a book on Cuba and managed to get up, organize a taxi and casas for us. Now, we also stayed in Vedado, which is about 20 minutes away from Old Havana. Old Havana is a lot more enclosed, beautiful, yeah. but um, we had booked a, a casa, but apparently it wasn't available, so we just decided to stay the whole time in Vedado, which is definitely more spacious um, and much cleaner. So it depends. I mean, if you're happy, I mean, Old Havana is beautiful, but at, um, if you're a bit claustrophobic for space, it's not the place for you. Okay, cool. I'm trying to imagine um, this, this city built like oh, in old times, all tiny and built on top of itself, but I guess you've got to go there to see it. Honestly, yeah. dude, you're going to absolutely enjoy you, you got You have to see old Havana. Sorry, Havana. Um, Havana Vieja. Havana Vieja. Um, and it is sensational. It is, you, you'll get sick of people just asking you for... I don't know if it's called rickshaw rides or whatnot or taxi or whatever else. Um, but that's just people trying to make a living, right? Um, I mean, they, they, the average debt, well, the, the, the earnings that they have per month is between um, 15 to 20 US dollars for a, a good worker. Or if you're a lecturer, or professor of whatever um, in a university, you may get about 40 US dollars a month. You do have, it's, it's, you know, the, the country is, it's struggling the way it is at the moment. And they're basically wanting to just make money out of all... You're basically a walking wallet if you're a tourist there. Um, but it's, you have to take the best out of the country that you can grasp out of it. Yeah, I mean, I, a very easy tourist trap is taxis. I mean, we got sick of being staying in Vodala. We are like, oh, how often am I going to go to Old Havana? You know, it costs us about 10 cooks every time you go in or five cooks and it starts to add up. But then what you find out is that you can take a taxi call, a taxi collectivo, which is what the locals use. And you, they're just old cars which have been bashed up, and for about 10 pesos per person, you can go anywhere you want. Uh, yeah. it's, got, it's got two major routes, uh, you know, Old Havana and yeah. uh, the, yeah, number, the Road, road 23. Um, but look, that you have to do. It's an old classic uh, American car. Travels along, makes lots of smoke. It's just... It's just a beautiful ride. You will survive <laughs> um, as long as you've got your limbs inside. That's the best way to tour the city. Ten pesos per person. Stand on the side of the road, stick your fingers out how many people what do you want to get in the car. <laughs> Rush to the car and they'll take... That's it. <laughs> Pretty much on the side of the road. And just tell them where you want to go. And, and don't even ask them the money. Just give them the money. You don't yeah. ask. You just give. <laughs> you ask and they're going to say, well, this is five, ten cooks. So you don't want to start an argument. You just give them what the money the going rate is. And that's it. So for a tourist, like for two people, you'd give them one cook. Okay, so you'd give them change and play it cool. Yep. Like, like you know, like you know what's going on. Exactly. And, and hope that they give you money back. <laughs> if not, you didn't give them too much in the first place. Exactly. Well, you don't. You want to try always, and carry change. You always carry change, and there's the two currencies for the for the um, for the collectivo uh, taxis. Um, you always carry the local uh, pesos, right? Pesos. Yep. Yeah, pesos. Um, Cuban pesos. Moneda nacional. <laughs> you give them a cook, they won't give you any change. Yeah. So. But that definitely makes the whole experience a lot easier and less frustrating when you think when you start adding up your taxi ride 
and it starts to cost you the same as your casa, then you know it kind of ruins the experience. I think maybe a lot of times people get annoyed. You know that would that was uh, initially that was ruining my experience when I was adding up my taxi cost. But fine, yeah, it, yeah. it's uh, once you start traveling, and you guys have been traveling for a while. You, at first, uh, what I've noticed from my travels is you, you're a bit looser with with your wallet. Yeah. And you know, you like you, you see something cool and you want it now, and you need, or you, you feel hungry, and you start jumping on different things. And then you you soon, in a way, you become stingy fast because you you, you, be, you become you're operating in the local economy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So you know, it, and really, and you think. Like, oh. Thirty-five, like three dollars for a kilo of of avocados. Who do they think they are? <laughs> Screw that! I, I can get I can get double that for half the price around the corner. Yeah, yeah. 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 We're we're changed men. Yeah, the four of us. Yeah. Yeah, I won't be able to buy avocado back home. Three dollars for one avocado. Yeah. And they're that. like. And mangoes too. And and, oh. and, then they, and the, the avocados come from Mexico, so they're small. When you see the avocados in Peru and Cuba, they're giant. <laughs> oh, the other yeah, the the watery ones, yeah. 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 Massive. Yeah. And I mean, when you think about how how cheap avocados are sold here, it's painful mm. to see what we pay back home. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it could need, it could easily be a currency. <laughs> it's like how much well, should, uh, how much is that dress five avocados oh crap <laughs> no guacamole tonight I want to go out with that dress <laughs> yeah it's true this is probably a good gauge of like how how, much, how expensive things are if, you, <laughs> if you're in a country where it's three dollars an avocado you know <laughs> you probably should move <laughs> uh, I mean um, I mean Nick's sister says um I want to get rich because I want to be able to, buy, you know, I want to be able to buy avocados and just spend my money like that <laughs> on avocados without thinking. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, another thing is um, the people of Cuba, beautiful people, absolutely beautiful people, except the people that are trying to rip you off, which is the taxi drivers and uh, you know, shop owners and whatnot. But when you pe- meet people on the road, people are just so nice; they want to just talk to you. They want to know where you are. Like we say, yeah, we're from Australia. They go, oh, land of kangaroo, kangaroo. What else do they say? Oh, for you, they, for us, they go, India, India, India. Yeah. And I go, no, mate, I'm Australia. from Australia. And they're like, oh, but you're black. <laughs> like, Negro. Well, it's not only white people that live in Australia. <laughs> we are a multicultural country. But anyway, so we, that, that was just too much to you know, actually tell them in English because they couldn't understand it anyways. So we just say, yeah, yeah, we are, yeah I'm Indian dude. Yeah, cool, cool. Um, yeah, <laughs> just keep on moving on. Um, but the people are beautiful. They do have a unique look as well. Um, you know, you've got your uh, Spanish look. Um, you've got your uh, well, the Negro uh, black. Uh, this is very politically correct. Wait, just, that, that black people that were brought over from Africa. That's, that's just how you say it in Spanish. He's <laughs> been spending too long in Latin Spanish. America. He's <laughs> getting racist. He needs to get politically correct before he goes back. Highly pigmented people of a darker nature. Okay. There's a mix of Spanish and and um, Africans. Yes. And then African Cubans. African Cubans mixture of and there's a few. Were there Chinese in there too? Well, most likely because they're everywhere. Um, <laughs> um, so, and so local were. Cubans, actual Cubano-Cubans. So it's a yeah. really interesting mix of cultures. And the most amazing thing about Cuba is I think the way that women can move. Women Dude. seem to ooze with um, sensuality from it the age of five. Everywhere. 
Everywhere. It's like a five-year-old knows to move her hips better than me. <laughs> they'll be walking down the road and they just look like as they're walking on a bloody, um, what's this thing called when you're going to... Um, oh, runway. Runway. <laughs> and you just get, not that I was looking to it uh, and do that, you just get mesmerized sometimes thinking like, what is this? Like, you know, you're like 10 years old, you can't be walking like that. <laughs> and you almost get a complex. You're like, I look like a dag walking. Like, look at the look at the confidence these girls have. Look at the way they the way they walk. It's like the way, and I think the way they walk is the way they dance. They can dance. Like, we got two classes for Cuban salsa, and we could see the basic moves, right? And it was it was difficult, but it was it's a, it a very social, sensual dance. Like, you know, it's just. All about moving together. Well, we, we thought we were moving, but then when we saw these ladies, that, the Afro-Cuban ladies that danced and played the drums and everything, when they moved, they're like, okay, now we know what movement is and now why we feel so stiff. Because once you see them, what they classify as movement, you realize that yeah. you're as, as stiff as a board. <laughs> the, boys can, the boys move as well. The girls move like crazy. I mean, half the guys look like eh, like big boys and you know they're all toned up and... It just basically looks like as though, you know, you're walking into a bloody uh, a model shoot. Not that I had a complex or anything because I'm, I'm happy with my shape and size and buffness sort of thing. <laughs> oh, it was a model shoot but a very slutty one. It's like the girls dress like prostitutes. But it's not wrong because everyone dresses like a prostitute. So it's normal. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? It's All like right. <laughs> Prostitute chic. Okay. Okay. Uh, well, but that's, um, that's what adds. It's all part of the sensuality. They walk, yeah. they strut, they all dress like, like I mean, I don't know if you, like I was trying to explain. Lord, if Lorna Jane made a, a range for mm. for prostitutes, that would be Cuban fashion. Because I couldn't. Strippers could, sounds better. <gasps> strippers sounds better. No, but all it's right, not just right. it's not just strippers. But they <laughs> they are. I mean, a, a lot of young ladies there probably genuinely are. You know, probably accept tips when they have sex with people. <laughs> like, but see, you that's, can't uh, tell. That's, yeah. Because everyone dresses like a prostitute. and But that's cool because that's the fashion. Well, um, yeah, one of our previous guests, Christoph Hoyerman, he went for, uh, after he left Mexico, he went to Cuba and he uh, he posted a status on Facebook and he was like, um, yeah, I needed I needed some Spanish lessons quick. Um, and he was walking in the street and, and, um, a young lady approached him and he's like, Hey, she's like, Hey, handsome or whatever. Hey, Mr. Tall German man. Uh, and, um, he said, okay, how much for a night? And she's like $15 or whatever. And he's like, okay, you're going to teach me Spanish all, all night long. <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. That's, <laughs> that's all that. And that's all that happened, right? I, I'm pretty sure. <laughs> Who knows? But yeah. <laughs> but either way, good deal. <laughs> I mean, it is a way of life for the girls as well. Like, you know, they love, well, what they say, and we've met other people from, that have visited Cuba. Or living uh, in Cuba. Or living in Cuba. He's saying that, uh, look, the girls love to drink, party, and sleep around. And whatever they, whatever they can do to facilitate their lifestyle and the families perhaps or whatever it needs to be done, they'll do because they don't have a good base payment. The government system is... So the government uh, workers don't get a lot of pay. If you're working as a private, in a private company, it's great. But most of the girls don't look like as though they're fit for work because they're just losing sexuality and... <laughs> not fit for work. 
I mean, okay, how's about this, guys? We Life is up. only for ugly women. <laughs> no, 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 no. You're losing your sexuality. You do not <laughs> need to work. We, we, we rocked up, right? We, we, ro- we rocked up to um, the airport and the, the, the ladies are wearing the uniform all, to- all tight, tight. and With fishnet stockings. Hang on. Um. And, and they got like low cuts all the way down to here, belly buttons or something. <laughs> and um, and they're, they're short skirts and they're um, fishnet stockings. And, and high heels or whatnot. I'm thinking, dude, is this for real? Have I ever... <laughs> you, you make it sound like it's just a little island, you know, to the to the west of the US and the west of Mexico over there. But we're talking about it like it's a whole different planet where people look different, where they walk different, where they dress different, where they eat and sleep different. Is it really that crazy? Yep. It is back in time and I think it's a bit east. <laughs> east <laughs> or east west I mean it really depends on how far you want to travel <laughs> that's true <If> you want <laughs> to <laughs> but yes yeah, so no, it is it is um, a, a step back in time um, with people who have just love having fun and interacting with people in a sensual way and whatnot sort of thing and it's just fantastic I mean int- intimately together and, and off look they basically have a culture of a woman has a lot of power through her sensuality. And it's good to see that she's still strong in the country. Well, there's two perspectives. I mean, we met a gentleman who was living there and said that obviously because of the way that the government works, these people are were pretty much fucked up. So all they do is drink and fuck because there's, there's nothing more to work towards. I mean, they yeah. can't work harder to get a better income or a better job. Nobody yeah. has any job satisfaction because you get crap pay. The government gives free education, an amazing education, which we found out from a gentleman who was living in Belize but studying in Cuba and said they met their, their medicine um, degree is amazing. They're finding cures for cancer, which I hadn't even heard of. They're making a cancer vaccine out of scorpion poison and also using, and using uh, homeopathic dilutions, which Australia still thinks is who voodoo, where the rest of the world is actually using yeah. that as new technology to cure oh, cancer. Well, yeah, I mean, the Australian and, and other countries that have got a higher, um, higher influence by the uh, pharmaceutical companies only based the, their, uh, their results on, on, on physical tests of statistics, which can be, look, you can, you can, uh, you can, uh, have a statistic for for a product working, but if you've got like so many other faults with the product, or or a, or a prescription or a, a medicine, you mean like side effects? Side effects, yeah. yeah. Um, they don't count because it's only a statistic. And if you've you've got a million people that you've actually put through this uh, clinical ex- uh, uh, experiment, yes, maybe five of them died. It's okay, you know, nine hundred ninety nine thousand whatever whatever people survived. For how long? But they never do yeah. any retesting past maybe, you know, the testing is maybe max 10 years. Mm, Most yeah, cancer yeah. return, you know, oh, like re- with after the, that. With the FDA in the United States, they won't, like, they'll, they'll it's very, how can I say it? It's kind of a, a, a superficial veneer of legitimacy to these pharmaceutical companies. Like, they'll demand, you know, three or four um, clinical trials saying, showing the effects, but the pharmaceutical company will do 100 trials Cherry pick the nice ones, and, yeah. and they'd say, "There you go. <laughs> Let's go with that." 
And Aaron just had a good point as in how long are those results valid for? Do they is it valid for like you know ten minutes after the after the uh, sorry I'm just exaggerating here is it ten minutes after the experiment or is it after a year or two years or whatnot and seeing exactly how those those remedies actually uh, impact the people? They see statistics purely based on what their time frames or the the parameters that they put in through like these are the pharmaceutical companies that put in parameters that suit their uh, results what they're seeking. They get those results. They they publish them. They don't want to then have other um, remedies that have actually, or sorry, other thought. thought uh, how do you how do you say this thing? Um, other medical uh, approaches to actually providing a cure to uh, oh, treatments for a uh, for an ailment um, to actually work without having statistics, statistical analysis on is one plus one is equals two. That may not be uh, uh, an appropriate way of actually finding out if the the remedy works, because it may be a longer term approach to solving a uh, uh, an ailment, um, because an ailment is not always cured by putting a bandaid on top of it and saying that is that is the cure. You don't have a generic solution for a uh, say, for example, you've got cancer. So you've got say liver cancer, or you've got uh, I don't know whatever other cancers there are, right? Breast cancer and whatnot. Even that cancer itself is it one specific? Uh, it's called, you call it cancer, but what has caused that cancer? And every person, individual in this world, is different. Look, I'm not a doctor, but I can see as, as a layman that you can't have a, a prescribed way of saying, okay, you have to do this, this, and this, and every person has to do this, this, and this to have the same way to get the cancer in your body, and then I can provide you with a solution, which is generic, which is then fine, but the person has to have the same steps in their life that they've actually done to then have the same issue um, for the, to, pr to provide a generic solution, right? Mm -hmm. No? Maybe? <laughs> no, the, I think what you yeah, what you're trying to say is that you know it's one format. Most people get different types of cancers for different reasons. Everyone has a different lifestyle. So someone could be a smoker and they say you've had cancer, but someone could be the fittest person, you know, exercised every day, everything perfect, and then ends up with cancer. Well, what's the, you know what's the link? There's obviously different reasons why people get cancer. So if there's different reasons why cancer is being caused, the change, then there must be different reasons to approaching that problem. Yeah. You can't have, uh, unless cancer was only caused by one way, like, you know, it's not, unless it, like mm. they know, like the cold, you know, it's caused by a few certain viruses. Mm. So there's, a, I mean, not that they've even found a cure for the cold. <laughs> <laughs> so cure for cancer it seems to many countries far, which I think it obviously exists. But obviously the, the economy runs on keeping people dependent rather than keep making them, you know, uh, um, able to... Uh, freeing them of the disease. So if yeah, someone is dependent on cancer treatment for the rest of their lives, or, you know, they can get a treatment, but then they have to be on a medication and comes back, hmm. there's way more, you know, that's a much better business investment than curing it and then, you know, for it to never come back. Yeah, but it's also about, uh, it's it's not just that. Like, you can you can exploit people for a while, but what generally happens, if you, if you have a monopoly in a free market, then um, then someone else will come up with something better and be like, well, hey, you know, I've actually got a good cure for cancer here. Let's give it a go. Um, but in like in in the first world, you're in this state of regulatory capture, yeah. where um, where it's uh, it's only the the big pharmaceutical companies that can get the the drugs approved and have have the right marks on them and and stuff like that. And I guess it's also a, about culture because a lot of the time. Uh, and, and I guess this, this comes through um, like stagnation in university education or something like that 
Because if you say to a lot of people in Australia, well, I'm going to try this homeopathic remedy, let's see what happens, or a nutritional um, solution to to a health problem, they'll be like, well, come on, you know, you need surgery or something like that. You need to do something more extreme or, yeah. You just need to cut it off if it doesn't work. And the uh... <laughs> That's what most doctors say. Oh, you take this tablet, it'll be fine. You might get another third leg, but that's... I mean, sorry, hang on. Not for guys. Uh, you might have a third... Not even a third eye. Um, you might have some other fingers growing or something. <laughs> but that's fine. This is the side effect. It's that's not okay. Important. We have surgery to remove the fifth, the, the third head that grows on it. That, that's yeah. you know you keep everyone in their business. The pharmaceutical, the surgeons. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, they're saying that I I haven't checked this little factoid, but they say that uh, for say a, a removal of a cancer through surgery. They've never actually done a double-blind test. So, you know, what is the actual rate of recidivism and, and how effective is actually physically removing a tumour? Um, who knows, right? Because, <laughs> like you said, if you haven't addressed the root causes, then there's still a problem there. I mean, people don't even know. I mean, what is cancer? Cancer is change in cell formation and growth. Your mm. body producing dysfunctioning cells so if you've taken a chunk out of dysfunctioning cells guess what your body's going to produce some more until you actually correct the formation of those cells so you can keep going and removing as many cancers as you want but if your body can just go and produce more cells it's producing cells every minute so it's going to go and produce some more yeah so i mean they, they don't even the whole thing is about finding a cure for cancer but it's like what you know people don't understand the biochemistry of cancer no, why, but, why is the body producing those irregular dysfunctional cells? But if you do have, if you have a um, uh, this thing called uh, um, the biggest tea party or whatever it's called, yes, the it's, biggest it's tea party, it's actually the biggest cure, cure for cancer <laughs> because you put in two dollars and it apparently helps cure. <laughs> okay, but you can do it blindly and not even knowing what you're actually supporting. Um, but it's called. We've gone off track cu- from Cuba. <laughs> no, <laughs> no, no, it's not not really because we're talking about how yeah. effective. Um, the medical system or the, the medical uh, education system is in, in Cuba and how holistic it is or, or how much more uh, um, it, able they are to look at other alternative medicines as they call alternative if it's not what... And that's part of mainstream medicine, to grow, to grow as a practitioner, to grow. The, the job of the medicine is to grow and that's what they're doing there. I mean, mm. they, and, uh, you know, give the devil its due. Yes, the country runs crap, but the medical system is obviously attracting people from all over the world to learn medicine. I'm going to have to listen to this podcast back again because I don't, I don't quite get how Cuba that has so many economic issues, cultural issues. I mean, we're, we're all pointing out the differences and judging the country because it's not quite, you know, the, what, we were, what we grew up with. How, how, is they, how are they getting their medical system correct? I have a, I have a little theory about that. So, uh, you know, um, let's see. I think this was during the Cold War. You have the United States and the USSR. And and, um, the USSR starts working on, like, a psychic program. Now, I'm not going to claim that the program showed any great results or anything like that. I think it might. I think it might have, but but that's beside the point. The thing was, the USSR was hungry, and they, they because of that, they didn't have any prejudices. They're not like, oh, well, we can't try... We can't try psychic experiments because it's too woo-woo. They're never going to say that. They're going to say, what edge can we get 
uh, and that's the kind of position that that Cuba is in, um, that where you know they they are hungry, they don't know what else to do. Um, that but they don't they're not going to be proud. They're not going to be too proud to try homeopathy. Um, they will give it a crack. <laughs> if they have a problem, they will try something, and that's what um, it's a kind of. Uh, hacker culture in in Cuba. Like I, I know that they've they've got like this do it yourself engineer kind of vibe going on. Like you take the the motor out of a washing machine and turn it into a, a go kart or something like that because you do you don't have anything else. You're willing to try anything. Yeah, I definitely think that's true. They're just trying. And uh, I was going to say something really important, but. It's- <laughs> Did you, well, did you I'll show you any? where they're making these vaccines. They're actually, because they can't get Spain to help them make these vaccines because homeopathy is and, and general natural medicine uh, is quite prevalent in Europe. They're actually getting Malaysia to prove these, uh, to make these vaccines. And they can sell them for a lot cheaper. Um, uh, the same vaccine, I think, if, if so, so, making it in Malaysia, of course, because they can't take help from Europe, but they can make it for much cheaper in Malaysia and have obviously... No problems. So the, the, the medical industry is being innovative yeah. and, and producing alternative products, solutions for, for issues. Did you see any other inventions? Like anything, anything really interesting? Like how well, did they come up with that? I don't know. Like, I think even the education system is free, right? Yeah, the education is free. Yeah. I mean, not that I'm, I'm not a fan of communism, but I've noticed that with, with communist countries, education seems to be always... Top notch. I mean, going back to the time, in the long, long time when Afghanistan was under USSR, what Afghanistan now is is nothing. I mean, and not that it should have been under the rule of USSR, but the education. They're looking at the images. They had beautiful libraries. They had doctors and nurses. They had beautiful hospitals. You know, and so at one point, it's oh, not. Also, the, by the way, women doctors. And women doctors. Yeah, yeah. women doctors. You know, education was prominent everywhere, all parts of the country. So, as I mean, I think, in my opinion, what I've noticed is that with communism, the problem, one benefit is is the education seems to be probably better regulated, and because it's there's one person governing it, and um, and it's it's definitely more progressive because probably the incentive is more to be. Um, broadening the, uh, the education rather than bringing the income in because it's free anyway. So, so you, you're, you're thinking because it's not uh, operated like, like a financial yeah. profitable business where they, they need to um, minimize costs and, and increase output that they're not cutting corners and they've got yeah. like a set budget and yeah. you know, set value that they're going to put into educating the people of, of the country. Yeah. Hmm. See, just with that, that idea of education, I know we, we talked about it. You're like, Aaron, you move into the mountains and, you know, is there, a, is there a good school out there? Like, you know, where are you going to send your kids? And I'm like, my kids don't have to go to school. I'll, I'll teach them myself. They've got questions. We'll work it out. You know, we'll look at stars and we'll pull engines apart and we'll do whatever, whatever it takes. Um, you know, like that. I don't think Mexico's got a, a brilliant education system. I know, I know our thoughts on the Australian education system. But it's just I, I just I just don't know what the whether maybe communist countries have the education system tweaked a little bit better than than like capitalist countries. But the, the education system where where children and teachers are kind of 
you know, going towards a, like a, an organic goal rather than being fed top down what, you know, all, all students need to learn, I think is better. Like something where, where, where the, the, the system itself from the individual can decide what I want to learn or what the teacher, like what I think I need to teach is, is possibly better than, than a system where, you know, they have, they're getting syllabuses written by, you know, by bureaucrats in an ivory tower. <laughs> Those guys. <laughs> My mortal enemy. Yeah. <laughs> but you guys agree, right? Like, you know, I, I'm, I'm trying to put together, you know, where we're at compared to what you saw in Cuba, compared to, you know, your knowledge of, of other. Look, Aaron, when, when we talked about, like, even for the first two, three days when we, when we, when, when we got here, um, and you spoke about your experiences uh, while we were driving in this crazy driving town of... Uh, Guadalajara. Guadalajara, Jalisco. It's popping. It's popping, man. It's it's popping. It's it's a, it's a popping. Um, we were just talking about how um, how you went through your life experiences and how little you thought you knew of the world, or, or you did actually know a little about the world compared to what other people have have learned through just this higher education through the high schools, primary schools, and all that. Um, and Nikki, when you're talking about your um, your, your, your learnings through um, the Indian um, education system, when you got to Australia, you you seemed like as though you could have finished off year 12 already when you got into like year eight or nine. Yeah, I probably could have. Yeah, I was I mean, dumber by the end of year 12 than I was when I landed here. I seriously was. <laughs> I mean, you taught in, in Australia. You only taught to do things that are specific to getting the grades to get you passed. To, to, to meet a, a, a means to an end of basically an end to nothing really, um, apart from getting a higher education so, uh, piece of paper that says well, you're a master of this or you're or you're you're you know you're a graduate of this or you're a you know you're a garbage cleaner whatever you are, um, you've done this fantastic. But by the way, you don't you don't have worldly knowledge. You don't have things that are encompassing a lot of information. You've been bracketed into well, university degrees and whatnot sort of thing. You've got this piece of paper saying yes. Well, this was something you were talking about, Aaron, before, about your 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 business side of things, right? Your master business and whatnot. Um, I thought I knew about business. I've had a few jobs where where I was in a business role where there was a bit of pressure put on me to, you know, whether it was a combination of of sales and marketing and actually, you know, business uh, construction of the internal workings, where you know, I, I'm just regurgitating textbook formulas and, and models and, and putting together and you know I, I can I can talk a big game and you know I was I was able to That's uh, true. A a game coming at you. <laughs> I was able to uh win over my bosses at the time and you know and, and maybe you know maybe I did some some good things. But I'm looking at now like being out in the streets in Mexico and having to to hustle, you know, one coffee at a time or, or just seeing how other people work. Like when we were, when we were picking up Kurt today we saw this, like, absolutely clapped out you, you know, just just crawling, crawling down the street with his with his twelve inch megaphone bolted to the roof or sticky taped to the roof, yelling out um, peanuts, five fifty, tamales, eight pesos. Um, you know, tamales, beef, chicken. I mean, they're selling tamales for eight pesos. Eight, uh, right on your street, man. Wow. Okay. That's so, a good deal. That's, that's, a, good, that's a good deal. Yeah. Like, you missed out. Okay. Did you get some? No. no we, we didn't, we didn't okay. get any. I, I promise these guys I'll get them some tamales. 
mañana. Um, because, you know, the, the guys in Mexico, to Mexico City is more of a tamale city yeah. than, than Guadalajara. Tortas de tamale. Oh, that's yeah. delicacies. Yeah. <laughs> um, but this guy, and, and like, it's like making a lot of noise and, you know, these guys, they're Spanish isn't um, polished. So it's like, what's all that noise? What's his truck doing? Um, and then we just saw like ants come out of the, the woodwork. Like we, 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 we could see people just coming out of their houses and buying all this stuff and it was, it was really cool. But that's business, not what they teach you when you're sitting in this I mean, huge big room. He has, he has such a variety of uh, products in the back of this dingy looking truck. He's got this megaphone on the top of his uh, yeah, yeah, roof. Yeah, just and look, he's working the economy that he wants to work, right? He's getting down there, he's cooking all of these things, chucking the back of the ute, driving around, and then he just basically stops. People just come out, and Aaron told me, "Look, mate, there's going to be people coming out, and like, give it, give it thirty seconds, you'll see people coming out." And I said, "Oh, bullshit, man!" No, we're we're sitting on the back of on the back of my car drinking beers, and I said, "Hey, Rav, check this out. Like, you know, this guy's selling this, this, and this, and we're going to have people just walk out, and you're like, all right, I'm watching." And it literally people just from this side, that side, it was all happening. And I'm sure he's paying all the taxes and everything like that, you know. That's <laughs> the car didn't even have red Joe. <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't see any number plates either. Final verdict on Cuba. Any any final notes, most important tips for travelers, most revealing parts of Cuban culture. Just go and experience it. Do a bit of research beforehand and just get out there. Immerse yourself in the culture. Or not the total culture that we've talked about in the past. <laughs> um, but uh, get a feel for the locals as well. Um, not feel, but uh, physical feel. <laughs> feel the locals. <laughs> but just... Just like Coco just go, Bongo. <laughs> yeah, just get there and adventure. Get out there. Don't just sit in your casa and, and think the world's going to come to you like a... You know, like it's not like a... Cancun, people are not going to come up to you with tourist uh, pamphlets or anything like that. There's no pamphlets unless you go to a hotel and they'll have pamphlets there. Buy a map, get out there, enjoy, no internet, feel, feel the world how it used to be 50 years ago. Mm. Yeah. I think that's, that's the best way I can wrap it up. Well worth it. Cool. Okay, that sounds pretty good. What, what do you reckon, Nikki? Uh, um, yeah. Yeah. Probably top 10 <laughs> tips. Yeah, I don't know, top 10 maybe. I don't know, tips. Um, yeah, stay in a casa. Make sure you look out for the collective a taxi. Make sure you take either US, Canadian, pound or euro or when yen. you're traveling. Or yen. <laughs> or yen. <laughs> um, and make sure you don't listen to the taxi drivers. <laughs> make sure you bargain. Oh, that's right. um, so whatever whatever price they give you uh, at a taxi stand or any price anywhere, everything is negotiable, even in uh, top-notch uh, uh, shops, you can bargain everything down. Mm-hmm. So if, if somebody's on the street selling you something, they say 10 cook, no, go for four or three cook, they'll go, no, no, no. They're like, well, give me a reasonable price. It's usually half price. Mm-hmm. Suggest so don't eat fish near the malecon because there's oil spills there. Wow. Um, <laughs> uh, take a ride in the ta- in the new American car. It's worth it, but make sure you don't pay more than thirty cooks for it. Mm. And yeah, that's 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 
the best tips I can give you. Okay. You do say, you say like 60, 60, 70 years back in time. Some of, some of the things you say, it makes me feel like you know, you're almost stepping into the 18th, you know, 19th century kind of thing. <laughs> oh, wait, I missed out uh, on a few things. Make sure yeah. you go listen to jazz and do Cuban salsa. <laughs> yes. Okay. All right. That's very important because it's very part of it. And also listen to, go to an Afro-Cuban dan- um, dance performance show. dance show. Mm. Yeah. That really made our trip. Okay. Sounds good. And maybe get a medicine degree while you're over there. While you're over there. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> Just stop on by. <laughs> yeah, I think, I think that sums it up. Yeah. Sweet. Cool. So we're, we're going to Cuba now. <laughs> I don't know if I could handle not having the internet or it sounds very relaxing. I'm kind of getting, I'm getting used to it in my, in my Telmex service. No internet. <laughs> <laughs> but um, to go and actually live there, I'm not. I don't think I'm ready. Mm-hmm. I, I think it'd be, it'd be too much, too much of an of an, of an adjustment. But mm. like like Ravi said, a week wasn't enough. No. Mm. Oh, you, you need to because uh, everything's slow over there. So if you wanted to get something done, or if you wanted to plan something, you really have to be on the ball and know the right people to get things done. Um, otherwise, it will take you a long time. So have a, you, you'll need to um, spend it. Look, you can spend a couple of months there. You probably still won't see all of Cuba. I mean, Cuba, we only saw Havana, which is a very small part of Cuba. We haven't. Even, we went down to the um, the t- tobacco plantation areas, and we didn't even know because it wasn't available to us. Uh, what 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 time is the, uh, the the planting season? When you can see the actual tobacco leaves uh, in, in full bloom. Um, or we saw maize <laughs> <laughs> instead of tobacco. <laughs> um, but, yeah, no, we went into the, uh, I don't know, they're not even really farms. What do they call those things where they hang the uh, leaves on the ceilings? Oh, the tobacco factory. Okay, yeah, the factory. Yeah, I mean, we got to smoke uh, organic, um, no chemical. Uh, Cuban cigars. Salt, uh, Cuban cigars. We obviously couldn't bring those back in because they didn't have the official tags and stickers and all that kind of jazz. But look, tasted great. But look, you know, you can, there's for us Australians, we can't take in even um, you know bananas into the country. Otherwise, you get shot and locked up for ten years. <laughs> so <laughs> you've got to really uh, look into what you can take back home. But um, immerse yourself with the things you can buy there. Um, enjoy it for the things you can't take back into your own country. Um, and for Mexicans, take a giant bottle of salsa because you'll need it. Yeah. <laughs> flavors are not quite uh, <laughs> oh very mild mild meaning, mild meaning non-existent really so <laughs> <laughs> alright the, the land of amazing salsa and really terrible salsa <laughs> <laughs> and they're only 220 kilometers apart <laughs> I just don't understand <laughs> cool okay um, yeah sounds good thanks guys Thanks for sharing your experience. Yeah, thanks for dropping in. Our pleasure. <laughs> no worries. <laughs> no work is made. <laughs> if you need any Casa connections, you can give me a call. I have the lady's number. She wants more business. <laughs> they all want more business. <laughs> Great. Peace. Thanks so much for listening, guys. If you want the, sh- the show notes and more information, 
Head on over to theparanaceparadox.com slash 56 for the show notes, theparanaceparadox.com slash 56. Have a look, jump on over, subscribe to the mailing list, um, jump on over to YouTube, press like, press subscribe, head on over to the Facebook and uh, press like on Facebook there. You can press the get notifications button and that and that will help you um, get stay in touch with us, establish the telepathic interdimensional link between you and me. And that's a beautiful thing that shatters stars and, and makes the universe turn and makes babies cry tears of joy. So always do that if you have the opportunity. Uh, jump on over to iTunes, leave us a review, press subscribe, uh, press press subscribe on Pocket Cast and Podcast Addict. There's a, Podcast Addict is, is free on Android, so it's an easy way for you to subscribe to the Paradise Paradox. And you can head on over to Twitter. I'm at Trouble Bubble and Aaron's Battle. Aaron is Battle A Z B A T T L E A Y Z E E. And uh, yeah, we <laughs> we do we we accept donations. We accept tips. We got our tip jar out hand, handed out to you uh, like a, a busker reaching out into the crowd asking for uh, for a few little pennies. So jump on over to donate.theparadiseparadox.com. Uh, we we love your support. We appreciate your support. Um, actually, it means a lot to us. It means we can in- increase our production value. Uh, it, me- it means we can put our work in, put more work into this. Uh, continue um, all the work we're doing. Um, you know, we, we are working hard here. We're trying to create something great for you guys. So head on over to donate.theparadiseparadox.com. If, if this has introduced some new ideas to you, made you think or made you laugh, uh, anything, any positive emotions that you experience, you should attribute to me alone um, as the, the brilliant narcissist with my picture on the, on the wall behind me right here. And uh, <laughs> jump on over to donate.theparadiseparadox.com. Uh, where you can uh, give us a tip and jump on over to the paradiseparadox.com up the top you see a shop amazon link so if you're thinking about buying something from amazon maybe some some books about travel or indian cooking or how to survive in cuba maybe some lonely planet guides jump on over to the paradiseparadox.com look up the top press the shop amazon link and buy a million gazillion books and that help us out because you just get a small commission helps us continue and make something cool so I'll see you next time.